Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1 through 9. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1 through 9. While you're turning there, and I know you're standing, while you're turning there, let me share with you that this morning, on my way in and before, the weight of this message was so heavy upon me that I told the girls, they were riding with me today, I told the girls, I don't know that I can preach this message without breaking down in tears. And I want you to understand, I want you, I want you to understand what, 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 what is weighing on me. This world is in terrible shape. That's to be expected. It's to be expected. It's prophesied. We're told that it's going to happen. But it's to be expected that the world be in terrible shape because the world's lost. The world doesn't know Jesus. They know, most of them know of him, but they don't know him. You can't expect a sinner to live holy apart from Jesus Christ. Can't expect it. And that troubles me, but not nearly as much as it does that the church, which calls itself the body of Christ, is also in a terrible mess and in terrible sin. And it breaks my heart. And this scripture that I'm about to read to you, that I, that I want to preach from, the Lord I feel that heaviness, but not, not, I'm not, it's not sadness. It's brokenness. It's the heart of God. I want you to get this. I, we're rejoicing this morning because Jesus is victorious. He's victorious over sin. He's victorious over death. He's victorious over the grave. But I want you to understand that we, his people, have chosen to walk in bondage to the flesh. And we don't have to. Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. But he also empowered us to live righteous. So I felt broken this morning. And the team prayed with me before service. And and I appreciate that. And this presence of the Lord that's here has thrilled me. And I'm, I'm joyful. But at the same time. Brother Gary mentioned it. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. I feel like the weeping pastor today because there has been a brokenness in my spirit for where we are, not necessarily South Knoxville Church of God, but including South Knoxville Church of God, where we are in relationship to a God that loves us so much. I'll get to the word. And you'll see one of the reasons that this weighs so heavy upon me. It's because I'm a watchman. I'm a watchman. I'm called to be a watchman. I'm a watchman on the wall. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 1 says, And again the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speaking to Ezekiel, Lord, speak to the children of your people. And say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land and if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning shall save his life. Verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, the sword comes and takes away any person from among them, then he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the hand of the watchman, or the, the, the watchman's hand. 
So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. And when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, then he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. I'm going to deliver my soul today. And I will say that I've already told Brother Jay and a few others that I believe that the majority of this message is intended for what's beyond that camera. But I'm not giving you a pass just because you're here today. And I'm not giving me a pass. How many of you know that God is a holy God? Heavenly Father, speak, speak your word to your people through me. Use my mouth and say whatever you desire to say. Use me as a vessel. I don't want my thoughts. I want yours. I don't want my words. I want yours. I don't want to fall short of what you desire that I speak. But I also don't want to go beyond it and say what's in my heart. I want you, God. I want you, God, to speak every word today. I yield myself to you. Help us all, Lord, to yield our ears to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the church says with me, amen. You may be seated. I don't know how this message will go today because I don't know exactly how God wants it delivered, but I have I've sought the Lord and I do believe that this is the message for the day. And I, and I believe with all my heart that God has intended for this message to go forth from this house, not just to reach us, but to reach beyond and for the last couple of weeks, we've had technical issues with our computer, and it's, we, we've lost the video online. So today, we're recording here and broadcasting live. And so if the live doesn't work, we have the backup of the recording. We're going to try to start doing that every week. And what I have to say today I honestly don't want to say, not because I am in disobedience or rebellion, it's, it's that I feel like, and I want you to get, I'm, I'm just kind of sharing with you, I feel like so often I preach, you've got these preachers that preach these, these feel-good messages and that preach this, uh, this, this, <laughs> happy-go-lucky type Christianity, and, and that's not me, and you know that, but I wish I could preach a little more like that a whole lot of the time. Those messages are not wrong. Honestly, they're not bad. They're just a little bit of the truth. But I, I stand before God as a watchman on the wall, and I have to give you the whole truth. Amen. Nothing but the truth. I have... I have offered myself to his service and, and my, my desire and my goal is to deliver what thus saith the Lord. My desire and my goal is to deliver what the Spirit of the Lord 
speaks to me, just as he spoke to Ezekiel and said, what I speak to you, you'll speak to them. And that's my desire, and that, that's my goal, that's my heart, is to speak for him. And there are days that I'll speak happy and excited messages, and, 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 and it seems to me, honestly, it seems to me that we're in a season, and, 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 and I, I, I know that this is difficult it's difficult for me, and I know that probably there are days it's difficult for you. I feel like we're in a season where, where it's, it's, it's okay, I, I've got it, I've got it. He must, he must increase, I must decrease, I've got it. But I, I, I think that for the most part, we don't have it. Brother Gary and I were talking this past week or week before about 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. We've talked about this because we were, we were saying and, and, and understanding that, that people have, have said, okay, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. It's not happening. I'll tell you why it's not happening. It's not happening because it's not happening. It's not happening because we're not on our knees before God as we should be. It's, it's not happening. God is not healing our land because the church, the people of God, have not humbled themselves before him and walked out of their sin. And I'm just being very open and, 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 and I preach all this with all love that I can muster up because I am in the same boat as you. I'm not preaching down to you this morning. I'm calling us all up. And I feel like I do that all the time. If I had my choice, I'd be preaching. I'd, I'd just already be preaching Easter messages. I almost did this morning already. I felt so good talking about the Lord. And, 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 and this, is, this is all part of the gospel. It's all part of it. I want to get back to this word, and I want to share some things with you, and I want to help you understand it. I want you to realize that it's not just me that's a watchman. You're a watchman. Yes. I watch, as, as a minister, I watch for a lot of people, and you might only watch for one or two, but you're still a watchman. Mother... You're a watchman over your children. Father, same for you. Grandfather, grandmother, you're a watchman over those grandbabies. You're a watchman. God has set you up on a wall. And he's given you a word to speak. And if you don't speak it, their blood will be required at your hands. And if you do speak it, you've delivered your souls. That's a hard word. I don't like preaching hard words. I love that fuzzy, good love message. <laughs> but do you know that the judgment, preaching the judgment of God is, is really telling people that there is an alternative and that love is available, but if we won't submit or agree or, or come into alignment with the love of God that he chooses to bestow and wants to bestow upon all of us, if we don't, then we'll face the, the, the judgment of God. Do you realize that judgment of God leads to the mercy of God? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should Come to repentance. You know, I, I, I don't think God likes giving correction words. You're his children. We're his family. He loves us. But he's still, he's still God. He's still holy. The word says about God, God is love. But it also says... He is holy. He's a consuming fire. Let me get into this word. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel, the prophet, saying, Son of man, the Lord here is, is designating that Ezekiel is of 
the group of mankind. He, he's just saying, you're a son of man. You are, you are a part of this people. He is, he is saying that you, you are not separate from them. You're a part of them. Amen? Son of man. Speak to the children of your people. I noticed here, don't think I'd ever noticed it before, but God says, speak to the children of your people, not speak to the children of my people. Speak to the children of your people. Again, he is associating Ezekiel with the people that he is to speak to, but he's also not necessarily claiming all of them. I want us to get that because we see a difference in just a few moments. He said, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring the sword, and, and if we're looking at the sword, it's, it's, we're talking about war. We're talking about judgment, really. When I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and they make him their watchman. Who made the, the watchman in this, in this scenario right here? The people did. When the people of the land take a man from their territory, again, association with that group of people, and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming in the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, the sword comes and takes him away. His blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But the watchman sees the sword coming. The watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, if he does not. The people who are not warned and the sword comes and takes away any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. I want you to notice something, and before I go on, this is a watchman that has been chosen from the people, by the people, for the people, and he is placed upon a wall, and he is watching in the natural for a coming judgment. This is... This is not our practice today to have walled cities, but it was then. And they would place, they would place a watchman on the wall. And actually there were more than one watchman. They were, they were strategically situated so that they could see in all directions. And when, and when war would come, when, when they began to see smoke off in the distance that normally wasn't there, when they began to see movement, and when they began to see horses, or when they began to see an army, they alerted the, 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 the people. And they said, something is happening. And they might, even if it didn't get close right away, they might send out scouts to see what was going on. But they kept their eyes open. They kept their ears open. Their job was to watch and to look and to see what was happening in the area around them. This was in the natural. This was the way, they, this was the way that they stayed prepared for war. If you watch any television about war or the CIA or anything they're, today they call it they call it chatter or in, there's intelligence they they're, they're listening for what's being said and what's what's taking place same same scenario we're talking about watchmen who are listening and here we're talking about the natural but the lord shifts gears right here so you son of man he still equates ezekiel with his people but he says i have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. I want you to notice what that says before I go on. I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Ezekiel was not called to be a watchman on the wall in the natural. Ezekiel, the prophet, was called to be a watchman on the wall in the spiritual. He wasn't called and appointed by man. He was called and appointed by God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pause right there for just a minute before I even go on. And I want you to understand, and I have to say this, that there are far too many pastors, there are far too many preachers that have been anointed and appointed by the congregation, by the people, by a group of men, mankind, and they have not been placed by God. And I, I pray, and I don't believe that I'm one of those. 
I've been received by you and accepted by you, but I've been called by God. And I've been called by him to be a watchman. I, 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 have, to, I have to realize, we all have to realize that, that there are churches around this world who the people have called the man and they have placed him on the, the, the pulpit or, or behind the podium and they have, have said, tell us something good. Give us a message. And I think of different Bible stories where People didn't want to hear from the prophets of God because they always bring bad news, one of them said. Another one, another one, similar thing. He knows what's going on in the king's bedchamber. It's, it's as though we, the people of this world, including the people of the church, we, it's as though, it's, it's, it's as though the truth is this saying, and, and I, I don't, I want you to know it's not, but it's, it's as though we have taken this to be truth. No news is good news. And that's not necessarily the truth. No TV news might be good news, <laughs> but just because you're not hearing what's going on doesn't make it okay. Just because you don't know about the tumor that you've got in your body don't mean that everything's going to be all right. I want you to understand it's not necessarily good news just because you don't know about something. If we're talking about the wrath of God, it is certainly not good news if he is about to pour out his wrath and we don't know it. Now, I know, and I have to throw this in, I know that we are not the children of wrath. I know that we're not appointed to wrath. The Word of God tells us that. But I'll get back to that if the Lord allows. What I want you to see here is that God called and anointed and appointed Ezekiel. He called him as a watchman for the house of Israel. The house of Israel speaks of the people of God who were chosen and set apart for his purpose. They are a physical group of descendants from Abraham. We are a spiritual group of descendants of Abraham because he was the father of faith, as we call him. And we have to understand, as they were the natural descendants of, of Abraham, this group of people, God had separated to himself. And one of the main purposes for the separating of the Jewish people was for the birth of Jesus Christ, for the coming of the Messiah. I understand that. But they were his people. They were set aside for his own special purpose, his own special treasure. I want you to understand you also are God's own special people. You are also his own special treasure. So Ezekiel had been set apart by God himself for the house of Israel. This is a spiritual application where the previous, where the, where the, the people had, had called and appointed watchmen was a natural application. So we're clear. Too many churches have accepted through the natural application, but there's no spiritual application. Do you get where I'm at? Okay. The Lord said, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them from me. You shall hear a word from my mouth and you shall warn them from me. We talked recently, especially on Wednesday night, Brother Jason and I talked about, Jason Keeling, talked about the prophet. And I'm not up here to tear anyone down. But so many of the prophets today have, have nothing but good news. They preach that message I want to preach. But the truth is, and let me say it, let me say it right now. The judgment of God is coming upon this world. And I believe the judgment of God is coming upon this nation. 
And I'll go a step further. I believe the judgment of God is already upon this nation. And it will get worse. Now, we don't want to hear that. We don't like that. I don't like preaching it. I don't like saying it. But it's the truth. The truth is just the truth. And God spoke to Ezekiel and he said, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Now, granted, nowadays, the way we hear the voice of the Lord is most of the time from the word of God. And if we hear it in any other way, it still has to match up with the word, the, the, the written word. But as we read... For instance, Galatians chapter 5, what the works of the flesh are, tells us the fruit of the Spirit just after that. But if we read Galatians chapter 5 and we read what the works of the flesh are, we have to realize this is, and you can say, oh, that, that's, that's outdated. It's New Covenant. It's New Testament. We live in the New Testament. We live in the New Covenant. The works of the flesh are, are appalling to God. And the works of the Spirit, the, flesh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, is something that is pleasing to God. The only way we can operate in the fruit of the Spirit is by walking in the Spirit. And if we don't walk in the Spirit, there's nothing left but to walk in the works of the flesh. You shall hear a word from my mouth and shall warn them from me, for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, the man shall die in his iniquity. We're talking here about the chosen people of God, at least the house of Israel. And I want us to understand that everybody call, that calls themselves Christians, everybody that attends church, everybody that says they're a part of the body of Christ is not. Do we, do we realize that? There are whole churches, whole denominations, and I sound so judgmental saying this, I know, but it's just the truth because the word of God foretells this. There are whole churches and whole denominations that don't even know him. They've heaped to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're, they're listening to fables. They, they want fables. They have anointed their pastor to preach and to preach to them what they want to hear. I, 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 don't, I don't want to fall into that category, although the preaching would be so much easier. God has something he wants us to hear. Come ye out from among them, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. I can't live up to that, Pastor. Guess what? I can't either. <laughs> That's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives me the victory. It gives me the authority. And if I do falter, if I do fail, if I fall back into my carnal way of thinking, my fleshly way, that's what grace is about. Thank God for grace. Thank God for the indwelling of his spirit in us. He said that he would, there would come a time that he would write his law in our hearts. I can't just go out and sin and feel good about it. Does anybody else here, anybody here can go out and sin and feel good about it? Anybody here say, well, I can't sin and, and feel good about it. It just, it really, it bugs me. It bothers me if I sin. It, just me and two more, three more. It bothers me if I sin. It bothers me. It eats at me. It should. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And we stop there. But it's not the end. It's not the end of what he's saying. He says to those who walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. If we walk after the flesh, there is condemnation. Because God condemns sin. The word tells us that Jesus didn't come. Okay, here's a scripture too. The word tells us that it's John chapter 3. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Because the world was already condemned. 
Sin puts us in the place of condemnation against God. But the truth is that there is victory. There is hope. There is deliverance. There is power in the work of Jesus Christ by His blood and through His Spirit. He says, when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die and you shall not speak and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. The wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. I want you to see verse 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation, because I don't want to leave anything questionable in this. It says, they heard the alarm but ignored it so the responsibility is theirs if they had listened to the warning they could have saved their lives that's verse 5 I'll come back to verse 6 they ignored the warning if they had listened they could have saved their lives how many of you still believe that Jesus is coming back? How many of you believe that he's coming soon? We don't know when. We don't know the day nor the hour. We don't know when he will return. We, we do know the season, and we are in the season. We're in the season that's called the last days. They were in that in the New Testament. The new covenant is a last day covenant. The whole New Testament is about last days. Everything, everything changed at the coming of Jesus and we went into the last days. But we're also in a season where now we're in the beginning of sorrows at least if not a little further down the road than that. We are in the beginning of sorrows because we are in nearly the last day. Today might be the last day, but we don't know when it is. But we are in the last day, the last days. And they heard the alarm, but they ignored it. And if we see this, as I said in, in verse 5 for the New Living Translation, it says, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. I want to be, I want to be listening for the voice of God. And whether it comes to me through the Word or through the Spirit or through another man or woman of God, I want to hear what God says. I want to heed what God says. Because the judgment of God is coming upon this world and it's coming swiftly and it's coming harshly. And there's no excuse. The word even says that there's no excuse because we have all been given the opportunity to be saved. God is not, he's not unjust in bringing judgment. He has waited and waited and waited and waited. God is long-suffering toward us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to, the repent come to repentance. If they had listened, if they had just listened, when Jesus comes, when, when he splits those eastern skies, there will be people who grew up in Christian homes. And they'll know what's going on. The news may say that an alien ship took a bunch of people. The news may say that something happened, we don't know what, but a percentage of the population just disappeared. It doesn't matter, they were the troublemakers anyway. <laughs> but there's coming a time when Jesus will come. It's not a fairy tale. It's true. It's real. He's coming. And when he comes, there will be people all over this world. There will be some at the beginning will be relieved because we'll be out of their hair, but there will be others who will realize, oh my goodness, we have missed it because we've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it and we didn't do anything with it. If they had paid attention, they could have saved their lives. Verse 6 says, but if the watchman sees the enemy coming and does not sound the alarm to warn the people, he, he is responsible for their captivity. And they will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. I want you to get this, and this is one of the things that's weighed so heavy on me all week.
The watchman doesn't sound the alarm. It's the watchman who has to pay the price for not spelling out the coming wrath of God and the standing invitation of Jesus. I can't call sin okay because it's what the culture wants me to do today. I can't condone aborting babies. I can't condone same-sex marriage. I can't condone adultery. I can't condone lying. I can't condone gossip. I can't condone any of these things that we see in Galatians chapter 5 that talks about the works of the flesh. I can't condone those things because God has already condemned them. It's these things that Jesus came to die for. I cannot walk in that and I can't condone it and I can't preach that it's okay because it's not okay according to God or according to His Word. And if I stand before you behind this pulpit and I don't warn you and I don't warn your children, they will die and go to hell and the blame will fall on me but I can tell you this morning I'm here to deliver my soul I'm here to preach to you if you're watching behind that camera that Jesus Christ is the way to escape the judgment of God hallelujah there is deliverance there is freedom there is hope in Jesus Christ If we don't know that we're sick, we don't know we need a cure. If we don't know we've got that tumor, we don't know that we need surgery or radiation or a healing. But if we know that there's sin, then we know we need a Savior. The world doesn't realize why Christians live the way they do. The world doesn't understand why we are so against sin. The world doesn't realize it because for, I'm just being very honest right here and, I, and I'm not pointing a finger at the generation before me, but the world doesn't realize that, that we're in such a state because we have failed to tell them what sin is and sin is anything that offends God. God's word tells us what offends him. Let me just read it for you, Galatians chapter 5. I've talked about it, I may as well read it. Galatians chapter 5. I think I actually have it in my notes there. Galatians chapter 5. Where's my glasses? Oh my goodness, there's some good stuff right there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And I want to tell you as Christians, the reason I'm preaching this to everybody and not just maybe down on a street corner somewhere is because so many of us have fallen back into the yoke of slavery. And we're told not to here in Galatians 5. We're also told that we don't have to, we don't have to become Jews in Galatians. We don't have to come become Jewish people. We don't have to, we don't have to go along with the, the traditions of the Jewish people and all those things. It's not what saves us. It's, it's the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. But we cannot trample underfoot the grace of God. Verse 16 says, but I say, walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Is that not simple? It's hard, but it's simple. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are... Led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Let me throw in right here that if you are led by the flesh, you fall under 
the judgment of the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and such like, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You might say, well, I don't know what all those words mean. It would, it would help us to figure out what they do mean. And if you want to look those up, you can go to blueletterbible.com and look this scripture up and look at each one of those words and what they mean. And it'll, it'll tell you what Strong's Dictionary, Greek Dictionary tells you what each of those words mean. And a lot of those things are related to sexual sin. Not all. And I want us to understand it doesn't matter if it's a sexual sin. It doesn't matter if it's in your mind, if it's in your flesh. It doesn't matter if it's a, a habit of lying, whatever it is. The grace of God can cover it if you allow Jesus to apply his blood what repentance is about repentance is a it's a lifestyle it's turning back to God let me get back to my notes and I'm getting near the end they heard the alarm but ignored it so the responsibility is theirs or they die in their sins and they carry their own responsibility. Which one? Which one do we want? I don't want, I don't want people to stand before God and say, that preacher you preached, I mean, you called, preached nothing but happy, go lucky, feel good Christianity. I honestly wish I could preach it more. But I, I, I'm doing my very best to preach what God is saying. And I want us to understand what we're, I'm preaching to the choir. I know you all know most all of this, if not all of it. But we're, we're, we're reaching many more people online than we are in this house. There is a push right now to silence the people of God. If you don't know about the Equality Act, you should look it up. If the Equality Act is enforced and put in place, you know, I believe everybody should be treated equal. No matter what they believe, no matter who they call their lover, they should be treated equal. But if the Equality Act is put in place, it will become a hate crime to preach this message I'm preaching this morning. Which means I'm probably going to jail. But I have to stay true to the gospel. I have to preach what God has said to preach. Because I, if I anger God, His wrath is eternal. And if I anger man, His wrath is temporary. And I'm going to make somebody mad in my preaching. I can't make God happy and man happy. The, the disciples, as, as they were called before the council, the, the, the Sanhedrin, they said, should we, should we make God happy or we should, this is paraphrase, or should we make man happy? Should we please God or should we please man? Well, we should please God. But you can't please God and please man. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. God has a totally different outlook on everything than man does. His, his ways are high above ours, but his way seems backward to our flesh. And I would rather man be angry with me than God be angry with me. So I've been very disturbed by this message this week because of what I see going on in the world around me. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the wall right now and I'm sounding the alarm. And I wish I had a shofar. 
I had one in Ohio, and I don't want us to feel like we have to blow it at every service and all that, but right now, if I had one, I'd be blowing it. 1 Corinthians even talks about if we hear an uncertain, I believe that's in chapter, let me just look and tell you where it's at. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, that's a shofar, who shall prepare himself for battle? If I get up here and give you a mixed message, if I get up here and, and don't make myself plain, you won't know what to stand for. Well, some of you would because you read the word for yourself. But if I, if I preach this gospel and I preach it true and I stay according to the word of God, you'll understand that the word of God is true and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. If I get up here and I give you stories that relate to culture or stories that relate to life, those things can be inserted, but they cannot take the, the place of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I do, I'm giving you nothing more than, than fairy tales or fables. You say, well, that's the way Jesus preached, and it was, but he was the word. And it's okay for me to use a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's okay, but I cannot just sidestep the word and preach what feels good or what I want to say. I have to stick to the truth of God's word. And if it gets me in trouble, then praise God, in eternity I'll get over it. So I have some questions for you. And the reason I'm so disturbed is because of the state of the church. It's not the state of the world. My questions are, where are, where are the watchmen? Who are the watchmen? Are those hearing the alarm taking heed? Are we alerting those around us? And upon whose hands will be all this blood. Because see, if I don't say it, the blood's on me. And if I do, the blood's on whoever will not receive it. Upon whose hand will be the blood of those who live unrestrained whatever sin they can imagine lives and are told that it's okay by the pulpit. It's only natural to have such desires, so they say. And guess what? It might be because we're all born into sin. But Jesus said you must be born again. It's time for us to be born of the Spirit, not just of the flesh. Upon whose hands will be the blood of the nearly 65 million children murdered in the name of unbridled sexual pleasure, family planning, or birth control. Not going to be on mine. It's a sin that will bring the judgment of God upon a nation. Amen? Is there forgiveness? Yes. There's national forgiveness and there's personal forgiveness. Upon whose hands will be the blood of this generation that has come to believe that sin is an old-fashioned idea dreamed up by religious leaders to keep them in submission to the church and therefore boldly and brazenly live out whatever depraved fantasy they can come up with? Upon whose hands will the blood of this generation be that follow pastors who have rejected the truth and silenced the word because they want to pacify the culture and meet the standards of the world? If I speak out against sin and warn the sinner of judgment, I might not be a popular preacher. Seats might not be full. But when I stand before God, their blood won't be on my hands. You might not be a popular mama if you say, hey, that's sin. Who calls it sin? God. Not me. God. You might not be a popular papa if you have to say, hey, baby, I love you so much. God will judge that. God will judge that. 
And I don't want you to face the wrath of God. My heart breaks for the state of the church. My heart breaks for the state of our families. We are called to be watchmen on the wall. Watchman on the wall. A watchman has to sound the trumpet. A watchman has to blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. That's what I have to do. Easter's coming. I'm going to preach you some happy, feel-good messages real soon. <laughs> What's that, brother? Yeah. He does. The Lord loves us. The Lord loves us. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. He loves us so much, he doesn't want us walking in sin and rebellion. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die in my place. And that's such a precious offering of love. How can I go on and ignore it or how can I go on and diminish the goodness of God and push it aside and still walk in my carnal way? Simple. If we walk by the flesh, by the Spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. It is hard, but it's not you that has to live that way. All you have to do is yield. And the Holy Spirit will live that way through you. And if you start getting off track, right then you correct your stance. If I start turning too far, a little too far to one direction or the other, the Holy Spirit's going to say, hey, you're turned the wrong way. Jesus is this way. Come with me. And right then I need to address it. And when the Lord says to you, you need to tell those grandbabies that I love them, but I am a holy God. You got to speak it. Because if not, the responsibility for their being lost rests upon you. And if you speak it, hopefully they'll receive it. But if they don't, the responsibility rests upon them. Stand with me. If our worship team will come. If you will bow your heads with me all over this house for just a minute. Father, I've done my very best with this word today. I pray that it didn't come across hateful. And God, your word says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen so short. We can never live up to perfection. But the blood of Jesus Christ, according to your word, has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. God, you said in your word, if I will confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so God, we, your church right now, confess that we have failed in so many ways. We failed to pray for our nation. We failed to pray for our leaders. We failed to pray for our children and our brothers and our sisters. We've, we've gossiped talked bad about a sister or brother 
We've lied, we've told little untruths, thinking it was just a little white lie when all of them are black to you. We have looked with lust in our heart and we might not have yet acted on it with our flesh, but God, you see it all the same. We've allowed our eyes, I'm talking about the church right now, we've allowed our eyes to look at things too long and our hearts have desired impure things. We've allowed our heart to be drawn away after false gods. We've gone after money or gold or fame. God, all we really need is you. Because you told us that if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that you would add all these things unto us. You have everything that we need. You even said, God, that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. We know, God, that everything that we need is in you. But we still, like Israel, turn a deaf ear to the calling of your spirit, to the word of a watchman. And we all, Lord have failed to declare your truth at one point or another. So we repent. We repent, God, as a church. We corporately repent right now. Individually, we repent. Bring us back. Bring us back to sanctification and to holiness. God, not to legalism but to holiness for without holiness no one will see God God I desire to see you I desire to behold you in the beauty of your holiness save our children God save our brothers save our sisters who have gone astray save our nation Lord we cry out to you. Come, Lord, move. Move. Don't just bring a move that excites us and when we leave here, we're the same. But God, bring a move that changes us. Stir us. Purify us. Cleanse us. Make us new, God. Make us new creatures in Christ. Let old things pass away. Let all things pass So much. We need you in America. We need you in the American church. We need you in the body of Christ. We need the silence of those liars. We need the voice of God being proclaimed. Use us all as watchmen. Help us to speak truth, certainly in love speak truth make it so make it so right now while every head's bowed for just a moment is there anyone in this house or online would say I don't really know where I stand with God or I'm not standing right standing with the Lord I need, I need his help to be acceptable in his sight. You see that hand. If you're online, if you're online, just say, that's me. I'm going to look for this and I'll pray or send me a private message. I don't mind. I saw that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I've fallen short I'm talking to all of us right now I've fallen short I'm not really I'm not really where I know I need to be with the Lord is that you is that me yes lift your hand if it's you fallen short all have fallen short of the glory of God the word tells us that Lord right now we repent we adjust we turn 
turn back toward you. You've called us for such a time as this. There's no time for us to be in slumber. We're called to be watchmen on the wall. If you're here this morning and if you lifted your hand and you don't know if you're in right standing with God or you know you're not, would you please step out of your seat just in a bold acceptance of your own sin and walk down here.